Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Lindsay Smith, founder of Commonwealth Collective, who help with relationship building and business education communities for beauty and barber entrepreneurs through virtual and in-person events, memberships, a podcast, and coaching high-level pros who recognize that it's not what you know, but also who you know. Beautiful. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you, Mark. Awesome. Well, hey, can you expand a bit more on you? Where are you today with your business and who is it that you'd love to work with? Sure, absolutely. So we launched our company back in 2020. I actually launched uh, what is now Commonwealth Collective under a different name at the very start of the pandemic. And at the time, my mindset was really focused around helping solopreneurs, independent artists within the beauty barber space. I myself am a former hairstylist. I still very much identify with the beauty industry and providing hair and makeup services, even though I'm no longer behind the chair myself. But I went through a lot of trial and error in my business and learning how to network, learning how to build relationships, how to manage my money, how to um, market myself, how to really tap into some of the legal things that I needed as an entrepreneur. It was a lot of kind of sink or swim. And I felt like within our licensing programs, most of us go through our education when we're very young, sometimes even right out of high school or within our high school career. So there's a lot of learning that has to happen just from a personal development standpoint, growing up and and becoming an adult, but also from the standpoint of recognizing that sometimes there's a lot of money to be made in trade-based careers. And so a lot of money can come in at a very young age. And most of us don't really have the resources or tools or understanding of how to use that money in our best interest long-term. So that was always my passion. And we launched kind of in that format to support people like me. And so now three years later, we've rebranded into Commonwealth Collective, three words, kind of playing on the word Commonwealth, a body of people working towards one goal, but separating it to really recognize that wealth, whatever that means to you, is common and available within our 500 plus billion dollar industry here in North America. Yeah, I love that. There's so much in that. And to see that the people aren't quite ready for success or be a business owner or to wear all the hats or how to utilize the resources that we do have because you know time energy and money those are the three resources we have so yep. it's not just about the money it's how we utilize our time that's probably the most important one how to use our energy and our emotions oh my gosh there's so much that goes into this so what's it like for the people that, that come through your communities what stage are they at when they first engage with you that you see sort of traditionally time and time again 
I really love how we've simplified our, our offers because what we have now available, I mean, through our social and our podcast alone, we provide so much free value. So whether someone is still in beauty school or they're just newly licensed starting out on their journey, mm -hmm. there's so much opportunity for them to kind of tap into us and connect with us just from what we share um, like publicly in that, that format. But mm -hmm. then throughout someone's career, and, and we really help support any business model as well as any trade within the beauty barber space. So very inclusive, whether you're a commission-based structure, an independent, a hybrid of the two, um, whether you are a manicurist, an esthetician, a barber, we wanna make sure that our format and our education is across the board applicable. So all wow. business education, all networking and relationship building, no technical. So we don't, we don't teach anything around cutting hair or applying makeup, it's all business. And so within that format, we attract people at every stage in their career. And I mm -hmm. think with our cohort program, which is our six month more intensive coaching container, that really is targeted for multifaceted entrepreneurs, people who are really kind of starting to step into maybe online education or um, maybe they're hosting or launching a podcast. And so starting to kind of diversify their revenue and look at new opportunities. So across the board, whatever stage you're in, there's a way for us to support you in some capacity. Beautiful. And so when, when they are with you, what's huh, what what beliefs let's just let's go straight to the sort of mindset angle what beliefs sure. what what kind of traits do you see time and time again that are are ones that either they're aware of or they're not aware of that you have to either you know, leverage or crumbs to try and remove and rewire what's what's going on there that is almost the, the front of it all well, I'm going to start with the word wealth because we were very intentional around including that word in our branding and in our name. So wealth is something um, that can have, I mean, there's so many definitions of what wealth can mean to someone. And we really tap into the idea that yes, wealth can be multi six, seven figures. It can be vacation homes and luxury like cars, vehicles, handbags, whatever, but it can also be creative freedom. It can also be more time with the, the people you love, your family, your friends. It could be um, like a, a life balance that really fills you up where you have a morning routine and an evening routine that is very fulfilling and gives you that, that abundance. That is what I believe to be the true connection to wealth is, is an abundance of something. And so we play on that a lot within our education because there are so many opportunities to make money, yes, but are you making money in a way that serves your value system? Are you making money in a way, we, we, we talk a lot of, about your rich life now. I think that's a, a common phrase that's been marketed to. And so being able to kind of tap into like, what is your rich life? Yes, it, it can be money. It can, money is a tool. And so we, we all need the resource of money to be able to achieve and, and reach goals and, and have possessions. But then also like, coming back to your values, maybe a luxury home and a luxury vehicle aren't really your value system if you love to be nomadic and travel and have new experiences and connect with different people and have more diversity. So there's so many ways that you can play off of that. And I think that's something that we really kind of break down within the beauty industry because there is a huge divide in our industry between people who are living paycheck to paycheck and barely making ends meet. And then people who are in that multi six, multi seven figure realm, whether they're salon spot owners or they are online entrepreneurs, whatever that looks like, there is a huge gap between those two. You don't find as many people who are in the maybe 100 to $500,000 range. And so that's very like, it's interesting. It's interesting to tap into like, okay, 
why? <laughs> Where is this, this disconnect? Because anyone who's struggling in that kind of paycheck to paycheck, unfortunately, what we see within our industry, our, our fail rate within the first three years is higher than the restaurant industry. So mm. people um, kind of come into this idea that they can make a lot of money. And then when that doesn't happen for whatever reason, instead of pivoting or instead of connecting and building relationships with others, they just leave and they go back so to school or something like that. Painting a sort of picture here, it sounds like sure. from your experience, you've seen so many people at that sort of that first level yep. and trying to work through it. There is not many people that you you can see and you can capture on that sort of that. I'm just picturing sort of people walking. Yep. You've got you know, a couple of sort of strands. And then at the top, you've got those people that have laid that foundation. They've seen that success. They've solidified it. So yes. that bit in the middle is ooh, the, the, oh, the wilderness, the wilderness. <laughs> of the barber and beauty entrepreneurs. Yeah, yep, it's a, it's a gray area. And I think that's the area that we really wanna kind of encourage people to think about. Like, if you're, if you're striving for multi seven figures, but you're burnt out and exhausted, is that really what wealth means to you? Whereas, is there a space where you maybe make less money or your goal of money is a bit smaller and instead you're really focused on how that money supports you and how you feel? Yeah. So wealth can mean money, it can mean love and relationships, it can mean time, it can mean freedom, it can mean possessions. It's whatever you want it to be. So I always put us back down to it's just energy. Yes. Everything is just energy. Money is man-made, it is just energy. Yes. So what energy you bring to this, how you manage yourself mentally and physically through this, that counts for an awful, awful lot. Um, so you personally, away from sort of your, your clients and students and those that you guide, what's it been like for you as you have you know, gone through business, you've evolved and changed crumbs. You started at the start of the pandemic. You, so you had one idea and then a plot twist, things are changing. Things are either it ramped up, ramped down. You had to change perspective. So it probably hit your clients harder than maybe yourself. So yes. what was it like for you during, you know, the transitions over the last, I don't know, sort of two or three years? Sure. So our industry was hit dramatically during the pandemic. I know so many, so many were about our industry because we are all very service focused and we are physically mm -hmm. touching people on a daily basis. Um, my business behind the chair was, was closed for four months and I was at that point still, still behind the chair full time. And so my revenue was zero for that period of time. And I had to be very creative with how do I make money? How do I connect with mm -hmm. my clients? How do I support the people that I care about as we go through this very uncomfortable transition and, and not having a lot of resource or education? So again, when yeah. I kind of come back to our licensing structure, um, we are usually in a 10 to 15 month program, sometimes two year program, depending on the state, but there is very, very little education around business. It's all technical. So you're learning the skills that you need to do the services. However, when it comes to crisis, like the pandemic, we didn't have support around PPP loans. We didn't know what was available to us. Many people were kind of not really up to date with their accounting. So how could they even apply for some of these opportunities? So in that period, I was very personally affected by like, okay, 
I don't know when I will be back in the salon collecting revenue from my clients. And at that point, I actually reached out and did a pay ahead offer. So I offered a discount to all of my clients and said, we don't know how long this is gonna be, but if you would like to prepay for one, two or three services, that would immensely help and support me in this stage. And then you'll have a credit and it's at a discount. So your service was discounted for this prepayment. And I was overwhelmed by the number of clients who prepaid for multiple appointments, three or five or six appointments ahead. So in that capacity, it gave me the opportunity to have revenue, support myself, be able to kind of, you know, cover the expenses that I was not prepared for, and then also be able to stay in contact and, and connect with my clients. So I would do virtual, you know, consultations. I would do ways to kind of like give them support at home. Um, I've sent them products in the mail to try and test, just very, very connected. So again, when it comes back down to my focus around relationship building, it's who you know, I really use that opportunity to deepen those relationships, deepen those connections. And so at that time I had also launched what is now Commonwealth Collective. And I was really at that point focused on Chicago where I lived. My thoughts for my company at that point were to have local meetups. I wanted people like me who were in that kind of solo entrepreneur category to be able mm -hmm. to come together with other like-minded people and share tips, share resources, um, maybe bring on an educator here or there that could help us with like social media marketing or maybe like accounting, like I mentioned, whatever that looked like. That was my initial vision for what is now my company. But yeah. in the, the virtual time that opened up during our pandemic, it was very eye opening that, yes, that was needed in Chicago, but how much more so is that needed in small communities, rural communities? So in that realm, you were you were being as horrendous as the pandemic was it was almost a gift for you because you had one area with the you can do meetups there's going to be physical there's all this i can serve this area this is a great idea and what ended up happening was hey you know you can serve the whole world crumbs how does that feel so to have these these plot twists which number one i love your engine yeah it's, it's the engine within inside you to be able to say okay how do i how do i get resourceful you can do offers. There's ways yep. of doing it rather than just collapse and be like, oh, woe earth is me. I'm going to quit. There's all these things like, no, what, what can I do? And you did it. Yep. And yeah, it can be overwhelming to put yourself out there and then get a good response. So you, you're taking all these lessons into, into your, your students and clients now. So let's fast forward because crumbs, you've, you've been through that, had the plot twist, realized, okay, this is, this is bigger than I thought it was. Yep. What's it like as you, as you then sort of embodied your business as this kind of took on a life of its own and you were the sort of the, the guy, the, the visionary plowing this forward? What was that like? So it's so interesting because I, I genuinely believe that entrepreneurship is a catalyst for personal growth. And I have been an entrepreneur in many ways for a very long time, but this period of my life has stretched me in ways I, I could have never imagined. I have pitched to investors. I speak with brands and have sponsorships. I have I, the wealth of information that I have learned in three years facilitating this is exponential. But at the same time, I have a tendency to do too much. I have a tendency to overextend. I have a billion ideas and I believe most of them are very good, but sometimes the, the wealth of ideas, the wealth of, of, of so many opportunities um, is, a, is, is crippling for me in the sense that I stretch myself too far and I have to really come back to like, 
wait a minute, I went through a period in my life where I was a national educator. I was very successful and busy behind the chair. I also got divorced. I also extremely, extremely struggled with anxiety and a lot of mental health things. And so in that period, I had to come to this place of like, I'm not doing it that way again. There has got to be a different way where I can have success and also feel like I'm who I want to be. I can show up in the way that I want to. So that's what it's done for me is it's really helped me learn like how to put those boundaries around myself and how to kind of take a step back and be like, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling lit up by something like what is this? What is this? And where do I have to either remove something or maybe bring on someone so that I can get mm. back to a place of like taking care of myself first and the business being able to grow and take care of itself. Mm. But that, that one thing you said, there had to be a better way. Let's pause on that for a moment because, oh my gosh, it's so easy to keep on planning <laughs> forward and it's yeah. kind of working. Maybe that's the kind of the, the, the bottom foundation of those, those people within your industry are like, that's why they struggle. Yeah, those plowing forward are there's got to be a better way. There must be a better way. How can we? And then we start to find out what's maybe what's right for us. How do we want to create the business? How do we want to work? When do we want to work? What jobs do we want to do? What are the values? Who are we through this process? Because so easy gets sort of swallowed up by 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 the business by the company. Um, it's so easy to to look at the business as you know it's my baby some of the most those words can be crippling because i believe it's the wrong way around i can't yeah. remember where i heard this like i can't i don't know who to give credit to this uh, it might be elizabeth gilbert but it's your baby oh no your it's baby yes flip it around <laughs> now it's like oh my gosh now the pressure's released you're a creation of the business therefore that sort of flipping perspective i think really helps so let's talk about that changes in perspective how has it changed for you as, as you've gone through this journey of there's got to be a better way and i want to find the right way for me what's your perspective shift been like monumental it's hard to even articulate i think the biggest thing that i have learned because what happens through through entrepreneurship for me, what has happened for me is that I want, I want the business, I'm going to, you know, kind of give it this identity. I want the business to succeed. So I am just going to pour every, every resource, every amount of energy, every dollar, every, like everything into this baby that I want to grow and, and do well. And so the first two years of my business with this, this company, that was my mindset, my like poor, 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 give, give, give. How can I make sure that I'm doing everything possible for this to be successful and at some point what happened for me is that became um no longer sustainable first of all i ran out of money so there was clearly like okay so the resource of money not available what what do we do now and this is what's happening and then secondly with without the money when i was not being i didn't pay myself for such a long time um i've i've made a lot of dramatic changes in the last six months but because i was not feeling fulfillment in the exchange of money i was working for free for years mm -hmm. so when you really think about like in any job in any role none of us not one person would get up go to work and work their butts off for x amount of hours every week and receive zero dollars in compensation for their extension of energy that would never happen no one would last a moment in that in that structure and yet as entrepreneurs so many of us do that for years where we are making nothing in monetary exchange for our energy and that is just a re 
a really important thing to remember as an entrepreneur is like, if that is you, if you are, if you are in that position where you are not paying yourself, like that alone changed everything for me. Once I finally stepped into putting structures and systems financially into place so that profit came for every time I made money in our company, there was a profit account that was set up that is here. This is where the money goes. And now the business is no longer sucking all of my resources. Instead, it is providing resources back to me. And that's something, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. That one tactic that you're saying there is about creating space. Of course, yep. you know, nature pours a vacuum. You create space. Oh my gosh. Just try it. Clear, clear your calendar. It's amazing yep. what's going to come in. So yep. with this, create those accounts of where you're going to put this money. And it's magical how it will find a way. Now you're using the flow, the in and the out, the energetic embodiment of, of money. So, yeah. but I know it's so easy to justify why it's okay. I'm building something. It's okay. I, I'm just in it because income, the excuses, income, the justifications. However, that's very logical and I get it. I was that person for a long time. I see it. I've experienced it. Yeah. But to shift that perspective in a way that serves everyone, that serves the company, but serves yourself <laughs> from the Unforget Yourself show. This is what it's all about. It's, it's about you. It's not being selfish. It's setting yourself up so that you can continue to, to give. So what was the next step for you? So as you've gone through this, as you've set these things in place, what, what is the next step for you? I think that was really, I mean, it was also, it all happened very quickly in the sense that we, we, my partner and I, in a personal space, we moved back to our home state of Michigan where we grew up. We have had a lot of personal experiences that really quickly put us in a place of like, we are doing this backwards. We are, we're both entrepreneurs. And so it brought us to a place of like, what do we do differently? And so for us, I'll share with you a tip that has just like changed my life, whether it's in the, the format of my professional life or in my personal life, but the structure within our household, the way that we prioritize, it is me first. It is then our relationship. It is then our friends, family, the people that we love, and it is then our businesses. And so that format of order is how, in my mind, the most, the most can come. So when I put myself first, always, when I am first every single day in every single situation, I'm then a better partner. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter. I'm a better entrepreneur. I'm a better leader. I can, I just show up in a better way. Same with my partner. When he puts himself first, he's a better partner to me. So that mindset shift has changed everything for us. And it goes into, it ripples into all categories. And I think so many people think that putting themselves first is a, is selfish. It's a selfish act. And, and truthfully, maybe it is, but that is, that's the only way that I feel we can all kind of, um, extend more, serve more is when we are first kind of we our cup is full. We we serve from an overflow as opposed to the very last drops of what we have left. Rather than the baby sucking you dry, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. So, what does that actually look like with the next steps with your business as you as you evolve as not only the business owner but the business itself? Yeah. So I've really, really focused this year on outsourcing and on releasing control. I'm, I'm a type A oldest child Virgo who has, I just have a very specific way. I think things should be done. And that has been also to my detriment many, many times. And so for me, it's important to learn that if I can, if I can find someone who can do something to 80% capacity, that is good enough. 80% is all I'm looking for. So if I can find somebody who can take what I do and they can do it at 80% of what I think would be 
you know, the best possible 100% score, that is, that is something I'm ready to outsource and let go of control on and trust that it will continue to grow and evolve mm. on its own without my hands. And so that's been a big thing for me, um, doing less, just doing less every single day, kind of how can I do less today as opposed to doing more? Yeah, there's the journey from the solopreneur to the CEO. Yeah. Truly, I've been able to release and let the business run to to not be doing all all the tasks, but that little bit of the care, obviously, that you have for for your people, the the perfectionism that comes into play with who you are and the way you want to do things, um, the over delivering again, all this stuff sort of comes into this. So as you pull away, as you start to shift, what? What is it that's maybe the toughest thing for you? Because logically, you know what you need to do. Logically, yeah. you've probably read all the books. You, you've, you've had all the advice, but shit, in the moment, it's kind of tough. So what's yeah. that like in, in real life? I have unraveled that so much for, for my adult life. So much of my value and my self-worth has been attached to my productivity, my, my role, yeah. what I do, what I accomplish. Um, even, you know, even at a young age, I was always... I wanted to get the gold stars. I was very motivated by applause of a good job. And it still is, it's still a thing that comes up for me a lot yeah. today. And so I have to be really mindful of like, my self-worth is not connected to the success of my business or to how much I get checked off my list on a daily basis or mm -hmm. how many opportunities I have, you know, that are brought to me or given to me. The the identity that comes in our, our culture, and I do think especially as women, I think there's a lot of connection to I am only worth something if I have something to give. And so I have been very, very focused on changing those beliefs and changing that story internally. So again, this is kind of coming back to, it starts like with me, it's me first. And so if that story is playing in my mind all of the time, it ripples into everything else. So that's where that hustle happens. That's why so many people experience burnout because there's an identity connected to this is my worthiness. This is where someone finds me valuable or um, appreciates me because I can give and do and, and produce. And so I've been really working on cutting those cords and getting out of that frame of mind and, and remembering that I just, as a human being, as I stand today, am already worthy and everything that comes after is a bonus as opposed to the, the metric of success that I have to achieve. Nice. And, and you get to set yourself up for that next identity. You get to play with who am I? Who do I want to be in this next iteration? As you grow, as your business grows, be more challenges. How do you set yourself up to, to take on those next level challenges? that either scare you right now or that you, you don't actually know that they exist. They're just over the horizon. So in this sort of playful mode, which is stripping out everything, stripping out the, 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 the ties to your business and self-worth, it can be left with, ah, oh, who am I? What do I want? And that can be spoken as, who am I? Who am I? Or a company, oh, sweet, who am I? Who do I want to be? Again, Perspective shift is what this episode's all been about. The energy, the perspective, shifting those, playing with it. Oh my gosh. And you get to create, be exactly who you want to be. So Lindsay, this is, it's been fascinating to sort of play with this concept and see it sort of unravel with you over this time. So thank you so much for sharing your business and also sharing behind the scenes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, so, so welcome. Um, and if people want to find out more about you, and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? 
So for us, I mean, we hang out a lot through social media. Our Instagram handle is at common.wealth.co. Um, like I shared previously, we have a ton of free value in that format, as well as our podcast, which is Commonwealth Conversations. Um, and then also just directly connecting with me through email or through our website. I love being able to make those connections. That's the, the entire foundation of our community. So I would love to chat with anybody who would like to connect with me. Fantastic. Well, everyone go check out those resources, check it out. And again, Lindsay, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.